0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Laguna Beach the podcast. It's kind of crazy because we have wrapped up season one of The Hills, and this is also on Christmas Eve, so if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas, and if you celebrate Hanukkah, we are on the second night of Hanukkah, I believe, and I hope that you have an awesome Hanukkah. Um, I'm going to be staying down here for the holidays, just hanging out. Honestly, I'm probably going to get like a bottle of Prosecco on Christmas Eve and just drink it go to bed early. <laughs> I have to do like random stuff Christmas Eve, just like cleaning my apartment and stuff. More like keeping busy than anything. My parents did send me a few gifts that I have to like wait until Christmas Day to open. I'm looking at them right now. I'm like, how would they know? They'd never know. It's kind of crazy how we fast and went through 11 weeks of the hills or even a little more because I guess I skipped one week and then one week we had Shannon on. So it was it's been longer than, than 11 weeks, I guess. And I am really excited to get into like season two. And I think season three is the best season of The Hills. As I've said before, I, I haven't, I don't know The Hills like the back of my hand. Like Laguna, I know every episode, I know all that. But The Hills, it's it all kind of blends together at one point for me. <laughs> I don't know when like season three and season four, I feel like they're very similar and even parts of season two. But season two is a lot longer than season one. And then season three is the longest. It has like 28 episodes or something crazy. So I might do like two episodes of podcasts. I don't know how I'm going to do it because 28 weeks sounds like a lot. I'm like trying to do the math in my head. That's that's quite a few months. (laughs) But let's get into the season finale of season one of The Hills. In last week, I wasn't sure if Jordan and Brian made like a cameo in this. They did not. So last episode is the last we ever hear about Jordan and Brian. This episode is called Timing is Everything. During the little recap, Lauren says that her and Jason are stronger than ever. Everybody thought Jordan and Heidi would be together forever, but obviously that didn't last. And we also find out that Whitney is interning in New York City. So the first scene of this episode, we're being introduced to the Malibu house that Jason and Lauren are going to be renting for the summer, or they hope to rent. And this house is like beyond beautiful. I I mean, if you think about it, they're like 20, 19 and 20. And I can't even imagine not living in my parents' house at 19 or 20. So the fact that they can just like have this Malibu house is insane And I think Jason, I mean, obviously Lauren's parents have money, but I highly doubt Jim was like, yeah, we want you to live with Jason for the summer. I'm pretty sure Jason's family has a lot of money because I always think of, like, the mansion that they went to when Jason was like, want to make out in my grandparents' hot tub. Remember that episode of Laguna? Very bizarre. But I feel like he's, like, old money. (laughs) I don't know if that's correct, but I feel it. So per usual, their conversation's pretty bland and... Jason was like, we've been good. Let's just do our own thing, not be around people 24-7. And one thing he keeps saying is, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. We've been good. I don't know. We just want to, I don't know. I just want to, I don't know, be with you. I don't know. I don't want to be around like all these people. I don't know. And it's like, it's okay to talk about your feelings, Jason. You don't need to keep saying, I don't know. I'm guessing he grew out of that. It's probably just a young person thing. And he also had, you know, his own issues going on. So I don't know. (laughs) And then Lauren's like, just you and me. And he goes, just you, just you and me. He says you very odd. They both say you and cute. So fucking weird. I can't stand it. All right. Now we're at Team Vogue and we find out that it's L.A. Fashion Week. And Lisa lets them know that or lets Whitney and Lauren know that they're going to have really busy schedules Whitney will work with Nicole from New York City and they're going to be working for an after party, like putting together an after party, making sure everybody has what they need. And then Lauren's going to be making sure that editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue is taken care of and she's in charge of getting tickets to this fashion show. And they kept saying the name of the fashion show, but I didn't write it down. But this specific fashion show is like, A hard one to get into they kept saying that tickets are really hard to get but both of the girls are excited because I mean it's LA Fashion Week why wouldn't you be excited especially if you work for Team Vogue now we go to bolt house my man Brent I don't know why I find him so attractive and I kind of hate myself for it like I said he looks like a missing member of click five but I'm like I don't know his weird bowl cut his Justin Bieber haircut before it was a Justin Bieber haircut Does something for me. But Brent invites Heidi to the fashion show, the same one that Lauren's going to be working. How strange. Like, it's so crazy. I didn't pick up on this way back in the day that, like, production made all that happen. Instead, I was like, wow, that's really cool that, like, their jobs kind of overlap. Yeah, Kelly's super cool. But, like, right after Heidi finds out she's going, she calls Elodie to tell her. She gets to go, and is like, cool. (laughs) Elodie's like, I don't care. And the final quote of that scene is... Life in Hollywood is so good. Heidi's like living her best life in Hollywood right now. She doesn't mind working. I don't know why I'm talking like that. I'm sorry. All right. So after we find out Heidi's going to the fashion show, we have Lauren meeting up with Lisa at a hotel. And Lisa tells her that they need more tickets and to call their contact and know who their contact is. I didn't remember this, but now I'm very excited to talk about. It is the scariest bad bitch alive. Ms. Kelly Catrone. She's like, should I call Kelly? And she's like, Kelly Catrone, yes, call her. So Lauren gets in the car to head over to the fashion show and she calls Whitney, just for like no reason. Whitney's like, yeah, it's so crazy here. And she's like, yeah, I have to get more tickets and there are no more tickets. Obviously this is a very hot event. Lauren just needs a miracle right now. Luckily she runs into Kelly Catrone (laughs) and their first interaction is so funny. Kelly has zero time for MTV's games, and you can tell. So I'm just going to play, like, how cold Kelly is to Lauren in this scene. And she, like, looks directly at the camera a few times. So that's what makes the scene even better. Oh, I'm Kelly Couture. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted I called you about the two extra tickets uh-huh. for Lisa Lab. I mean, I love Lisa, and she's great, but this is, like, a little 11th hour. Who is it for? Who are her? She l- said she had two other bug I I mean, I do understand that Lauren's clearly nervous about this whole thing, but then there's the part of me that's like, get your shit together, girl. Like, this is a big deal. You knew this was a big deal. Again, though, if she did not know the names of the editors, then she couldn't have said it. Whatever. Whatever. But the way Kelly's like, go stand over there. Like, just go stand in the corner and get out of my way. So Lauren waits for like a minute. And then Heidi and Audrina stroll in. And Lauren's like, oh, my God, Heidi. Oh, my God. What are you guys doing here? And Heidi's like, oh, Brent gave me a ticket. And now she's all pumped. She's like, so excited to be here. Audrina's my date. Whoa, 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 whoa. And Lauren's about to cry because Lisa isn't picking up her phone. She's like, I need to get these names. I need to find out who it is. Because Kelly hasn't come through with the tickets. In Lauren's words, this is not fun. Basically, she needs to get the names. And that way, Kelly will get her the tickets. Because she's not going to give tickets to anybody. This is a big show. This is a big deal. Not even Lisa Love can get random tickets last hour. Or 11th hour, as Kelly said. But when she's like, she's holding two phones to both of her ears. And she's like, this is not fun. One of the phones is a Silver Razor. And the other is some kind of like Motorola. But... I'm going to describe it to you because you'll probably know what I'm talking about. It's a flip phone, gray on the bottom, like dark blue on the top. And then it has a screen and then little buttons to maybe play music. I don't really remember if phones could play music then. Whatever phones I had definitely couldn't. But it had like three little buttons right under the uh, screen. So Heidi and Audrina say they're going to help. And I'm kind of like, how are you guys going to help? I guess moral support. They're going to be there for moral support. And Lisa finally calls Lauren and gives her the names So Lauren and Kelly have another awkward exchange because again, Kelly is not here to play games. Kelly is not here to do that. She's here to run a show and Lauren just keeps getting in her way. I don't know. I don't know if Lauren handled that like the best. Obviously, she was nervous, but try to make sure you have both names because Kelly Catrone does not have time (laughs) for this. I don't know. I feel like Kelly Catrone, like there's a reason she is in the position she's in and it's not from being super nice to like interns. That is my guess. I'm not saying she's a mean person. I'm just saying that like she's business and she wants people to run at the same pace as her. And she doesn't have time to like deal with someone who has MTV cameras following her, who got the job because of these MTV cameras. She's like, no, like get your shit together. You can't work in the fashion business. That's like the first thing she says to her. Poor Lauren, actually poor Lauren a little bit, a little bit poor Lauren. The crew arrives, um, which is Lisa and then the other three people and Lauren brings them to their seat. They sit in the front row right next to the runway and Lauren stands in the back. But she's excited, like you can tell she's really into it and all is well at the fashion show. Now we're at the fashion closet and Whitney and Lauren agree, it was very crazy. They were kind of like, you know, usually we have each other to bounce ideas off of, but we were kind of left to our own devices and it was a lot to take in. My boy Blaine walks in and he's like, Lauren, Lisa wants to see you. And Whitney goes, only Lauren? And he goes, just Lauren. Blaine should have had a bigger roll in the hills I feel like he's very funny I'm sure he would have brought a lot of laughs but no we didn't get it we only got him being sassy so before Lauren leaves she mouths that's not good and Whitney says something like yeah last time you got called in it's when you were in trouble she's like thanks for that thanks Whitney and Whitney's like you're fine so Lisa then gives Lauren a big offer and we all know what this offer is but but even before the offer she's like You know, you started off really rough here, meaning, you know, when Heidi and Jordan got in a fight when Lauren was supposed to be making sure that, like, her friends didn't show up or sit in the private tables or any of that. They kind of just ran over and did whatever they wanted. But Lisa has seen a lot of improvement. She's very proud of Lauren. And Lauren gets an offer to go to Paris. Sorry, was that weird? To go to Paris. We all know she gets the offer to go to Paris. So get ready, because... I feel like when Lisa says this right away, you can see Lauren be like, I'm not going to (laughs) go. Like, she looks really scared, and I don't think this was the right time for her to be, like, offered something like this, but I'm going to talk about that at the end of the episode. Uh, They gave Whitney the internship in New York uh, for the summer, so I think that's exciting, and I think she's going to go. So we're trying to think about what might be good for you next, and we have this internship in paris and you've been nominated to go in the summer for um, this summer it's the summer it's a great great opportunity you work uh during couture week in paris um, paris is probably the single most important place to ever be in the fashion business and new york thinks that you can do it you don't have much time to think about yeah you really have to let me know right away I think, honestly, if you go to Paris, you won't want to come back. So this is not on a like Paris-related topic, but I really like Lisa Love's voice. I feel like it's very calming, and I wish she was my boss, just that nice, soothing, calming voice, just trying to tell me, like, you can go to Paris. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime chance. If you go there, you won't want to come back, and I'd be like, yes, Lisa, I'll go. And one thing I said, I get in this at the end of the episode, but I'm going to do it right now. A few people when I've put up like the go to Paris or stay with your boyfriend thing, they're like, Paris will always be there. And I'm like, yeah, but your significant other should understand that this is a big deal for you. Like, I would understand Jason being upset, being like, oh, I'm going to miss you and all this stuff. But it's also a once in a lifetime chance. And of course, everyone's like, she got to go to Paris anyway. Yeah. And Jason also broke her heart. So like, eh. I would have went to Paris. I would have chose Paris all day, every day. Always choose Paris. I don't care what anybody says. If someone loves you, they will wait until you get back from Paris. I promise you. But again, she was like, I'm sure she was very nervous because she kind of took care of Jason a lot. She helped Jason a lot with his addiction. And I don't know if helps the right word, but when he would get too drunk, she'd help him. She'd pick him up at clubs like She said in an interview she felt like she had to really take care of Jason. And when they really broke up, she's like, who's going to take care of him now? So that's where her mind was. So I do understand that because as I've talked about with my mom and stuff, I do feel like I missed out on certain opportunities because I didn't want to leave her alone. Now, I don't know if you want to call that enabling. I don't know whatever you want to call it. But it's just it's something a lot of people deal with when they have addicts in their life. So we're back in the fashion closet and Lauren tells Whitney about Paris and Whitney goes, you're lying with her G, you're lying ink. <laughs> Sorry, that was gross noise, but that's what it sounds like to me. And I'm going to play the conversation. There's a lot of voiceovers kind of in this episode. I really think there are some good ones. The Kelly Catron ones maybe aren't the best, but I just think Kelly Catron's hysterical. And I also forgot she's in this episode. But you can hear Whitney being like, She's not going to go. So I want to go to Paris. She knows Lauren's not going to want to go to Paris because Lauren's with Jason and Jason doesn't want her to go to Paris, even though like I will play a clip with that later. And he's like, I'll I'll do whatever you want. I support you no matter what. His body language says differently. But I'm about to play Whitney being like, cool, I'm going to go to Paris because there's no way Lauren's going to leave Jason. For the summer... shows and like some huge fall that I can't pronounce and... oh my god no. you gotta do it right I don't know because well, I, I like plan my summer with Jason I know but this is Paris I know but I'd be gone like all summer damn it's like my dream to make it to Paris well, if you don't do it I'll do it <laughs> seriously like that's like insane It's just, like, it's, like, something, like, not, like, no joke would, like, change your, life. I'm sure your, like, heart's telling you to stay, but timing, right? I mean, you can tell that Whitney's, like, she's not going to go. You can hear it in her voice. You can hear it in her reactions. Everything's just, like, Lauren's not going to go to Paris. And Whitney and Lauren end up saying goodbye for the summer. Now we're at Hillside Villas. We're back home with Heidi and Lauren in their apartment. And Lauren breaks the news about the offer to Heidi. And Heidi's like, well, you have to go, right? And Lauren's kind of like, you know, Jason and I, we've had so many ups and downs and we're finally in a good place. And you can tell even Heidi's like, what are you thinking? Like, why wouldn't you go to Paris? And it's just like a really quick conversation. And Heidi's just kind of like, oh, okay." (laughs) If Heidi thinks you're making a mistake, then you're definitely making a mistake mistake lauren ends up showing up at the beach house and jason wants lauren to help him plan the layout he wants her to like help with patio furniture and what else she should bring to the summer house to the beach house in malibu and just get ready for kind of like a a cringeworthy conversation And I don't know if you'll be able to tell it so much. I'm sure if you've watched the episode, you know, but not so much in their voices. But it's like the body language when you're watching this episode, the way after Lauren breaks the news, the look Jason gives her and then the way she just kind of like, I don't know how to explain. She like fall like crumbles into herself like she just looks so sad because it's not the reaction she wanted because she knows Jason's not truly happy for her. And she just kind of like pulls back a lot. It's really sad to see that. Being older and watching it, she's trying to just, you can tell she wants to him to be like, go, do it, do it. But that's not who Jason was at the time. So get ready for the cringe. Today, Lucille offered me an internship for the whole summer. something you just immediately say no to, you know? Like Paris, they only offer it to one of the interns. I mean, I want to support you, whatever you do. I mean, obviously, you're, you'll make the right decision. I mean, if you go, I'll be happy for you. Whatever you do, I'll be there for you, so... You've always been there for me. So sad, because like I said, you can tell Lauren's excited... And she was hoping he would be like, you should go. That'll be awesome. And just so you know, the la- the song that plays like at the end of that conversation, it is such a good song. It's called 23 by Jimmy Eat World. And it was on one tree hill. Such a good song. Jimmy Eat World has so many good songs. Go listen to them. You won't regret your decision. But 23 is like a seven minute long song. But I just I love it so much. We're back poolside with Heidi and Audrina. And they both need new guys. And Heidi says dating Jordan was a mistake. But remember, they were together eight months. Very long time for Heidi. She said before she used to like date, talk to a boy for a day and then be sick of them. And she goes, you know, <laughs> as Heidi does in her Heidi voice, I feel like how I was in preschool says what you're going to be like your whole life. You know what I mean? And is like, no, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> It's like, it's like my last two brain cells fighting over like anything in my life. <laughs> the two of them talking. <laughs> but Heidi's like, in preschool, I used to make boys fight over me. I would have so many different boyfriends. And Audrina's like, <laughs> you did that in preschool? <laughs> but the, like, that's just so bizarre. Heidi, Heidi's very bizarre. She's still very bizarre. But like, even twenty one twenty 20 year old Heidi was very bizarre. But Heidi and Audrina are going to go out every night over the summer to find boys. Like, that is what they want to do. Ugh, So exhausting. I remember, like, when I first moved to Nashville, I would go out a lot. And my bank account is aware of that, and so is my credit cards. But, like, I can't even imagine that. I'd roll home sometimes at, like, 3.30, 4 in the morning. If I did that now, my God, I'd be, like, down for the count for the whole day. Which is nuts because, I mean, it's only been two years But I guess 26-year-old Kelly could still hang and 28-year-old Kelly's just like, peace. (laughs) All right, so we still don't know Lauren's choice, but they show her packing. And Lauren asks why Heidi is acting weird. And she's like, I'm not leaving forever. Don't be weird. And Lauren ends up saying bye to Heidi. And again, we still don't know what Lauren's doing. Lauren says she will be back by the end of summer or after summer. And then Heidi just says, let me know when you get there. So even Heidi was in on like what production was probably like. Don't tell them what you're doing. So Lauren packs her car and she drives off. We see Lisa waiting at the airport. She's getting out of her car. And the production of this is like so good because it shows her driving. Then it shows Lisa. Then it shows Jason waiting on the balcony. Then it's back to Lisa waiting. And then Lauren pulls up to the beach house. Yep. She pulls up to the beach house and Jason's like, You made it just in time for sunset. So they kiss, they're together, and Whitney pulls up to the airport. And then we see, like, a plane flying off, and we're like, oh, Whitney's definitely on that plane. But I don't believe Whitney went to Paris. I'm pretty sure she did go to New York for that summer internship. But the thing was, MTV did have production ready to go to Paris. If Lauren wanted to go to Paris, they would have went to Paris. Basically that simple. But no, she chose Jason. How mad do you think Zaddy Jim was that she chose Jason over Paris? Again, so many people will be like, well, Paris will always be there, but someone you love. I'm like, someone you love should just accept the fact you're going to go to fucking Paris. That's what I think. Obviously, it's okay to be like a little bummed out, but we just always choose Paris. So that is it. That is season one of The Hills, guys. It's been a real roller coaster. It's only gonna get more and more crazy as we get into the hills, and I'm gonna try to decipher what's real, what's fake, and all that craziness. But thank you guys so much for like sticking through the hills and we have a lot more hills to go. It's funny. I when I put up that thing that I always put up almost every week where I'm like, Do you want advice about something? Or do you want me to talk about culture? Someone was like, I don't want you to give advice. I'm like, damn, I think I give okay advice. I try really hard. I'm like Lauren. I do my best to give advice. I will tell you, I saw the movie Cats on Friday. I went and I um, got like two ciders for the movie just because, you know, I wanted a drink and I probably would want to, but I don't want to get like up and down and all that. But I just step on an escalator, like double fisting these drinks. And it was very frightening. I stepped on the first step and then I realized that like I couldn't hold onto the railing. So I hesitated and got myself on, but I spilled my drink all over my hands and it's like 1.30 in the afternoon and I looked over and like one of the employees was just looking at me and I was like, hello, I'm sorry. <laughs> like this is me. This is who I am. I didn't hate cats as much as everybody else hates cats. Like I said, I've said it on my story. I haven't said it on the podcast, but I said it on my story, I grew up like listening to the music and watching the VHS. Did I love the CGI faces and tails? Absolutely not. Like, it's not super pleasant to look at. The singing's great, and the singing's all live, which I thought I was going to hate. Turned out to be good. The only bad person was Jason Nerulo. Homeboy can dance his butt off, dance his tail off, I guess, because it's cats, but he cannot sing. Hearing him sing something other than I'm writing so low writing. So was that good? My Jason Derulo. Yeah, I'm never doing that again. You're welcome. Um, But he was very bad. Like he was terrible. Taylor with a British accent was a little bit nerve wracking. Like I was a little nervous at first. Definitely takes a little bit to get into it. And then obviously, like if you ever watched her like reputation tour, seen her in concert. That's exactly how she dances in Cats. Idris Elba was incredible. I love him so much. And like at the beginning of the movie, obviously he's a cat, but he's wearing like a hat and a and a coat. And I'm like, I'm attracted to Idris Elba as a cat. <laughs> what is happening? But I did think, I didn't hate the movie as much as everyone else does. There's one song that I really love. It's about like two twin cats who I was getting into trouble. It's Mungo, Jerry and Rumple Teaser. And the, they like stole the whole movie. I loved it so much. I've realized, though, I don't love Rebel Wilson as much as like I used to. It was just like watching her character Fat Amy in a cat CGI suit. So, yeah, that was that. Three out of five. Didn't hate it. I know everyone's going to hate it, but I didn't. Somebody asked me what my favorite movies are. And they said movies not like Mean Girls. So not like not like funny movies, I guess. I don't know. I will say one of my all time favorite movies is 13 just because like all of it, like Nikki Reed wrote it, which I think is incredible, who plays Evie, obviously. It was filmed in 30 days. Um, I love the way it starts off in color. And then as Tracy is like going down the bad path with Evie, it turns to a more black and white bluish kind of kind of coloring. And then at the very end, when she kind of comes out of all the negativity with Evie and all that. She she goes back to color, which I think's really cool. One of my favorite movies is Spotlight, which is about when the um, Boston Herald or Bo- Boston Globe, not Herald, when the Boston Globe reported about the priest scandal in Boston. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen, like so well done. And I'm not a huge Rachel McAdams fan. She holds her own in this movie really well. One movie I really love, but I'll never watch again is Beautiful Boy. I talked about it a long time ago on this podcast But Timothy Chalme? I can't say his last name. Timothy Chalme? I don't know if that's correct. He's in it. Steve Carell's in it. And it's about Timothy's character being a heroin addict and then like how it affects his whole family. Incredible movie. I don't know if I can ever watch it again. Like I cried for probably two or three hours after I watched it. Trying to think of other movies I really love. Like if I'm in a bad mood or something, Josie and the Pussycats, That'll cheer me up. We Are the Millers, I think, is so funny. I also really love the movie End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal. That movie makes me cry no matter how many times I see it. And then the Pitch Perfect movies. The second and third one aren't good, but I love the acapella singing. You all know how much I love Britney Snow. So yeah, Pitch Perfect movies are up there. How to Be Singles, one of my all-time favorite movies. It's actually like a movie that kind of made me want to move to Nashville. It just seems so freeing, and Dakota Johnson is incredible in it. So yeah, those movies, recommend if you haven't seen them. Like I said, Beautiful Boy, it'll make you cry, and it's like really heavy, so be in the correct mindset for that. Somebody was like, more rom-com life. Um, nothing more has happened. I'm still being ignored, so that's exciting. He also told people I was ignoring him, which isn't the truth. kind of over it. I'm starting to get like really, really annoyed. My thoughts on the new Vanderpump Rules... That's coming out. I know they have like three or four new people on the cast. I guess we'll just see what happens. I'm not like super invested in Vanderpump Rules. It's not like a show that I'm like super invested in. Like the challenge, I'm pretty invested in. Very am obviously invested in. Flora Bama Shore, I'm more invested in that than I am Vanderpump Rules. I just feel like Vanderpump Rules is gonna go down in flames. I really hope it doesn't, but I don't see it like go ending well. I don't see the show ending well if that makes sense. Advice on how to regain your voice and take back control of your life after a period of losing it. I think the first thing you have to do is like find your confidence again. It's really, really hard, but just try and like believe in yourself and realize that your voice does matter. People do care about it. People do care what you have to say. And I think taking control of your life again is really powerful. I think that that'll also empower you and give you that confidence and just be like, you know what? I got this. And even if you don't have it, just like, just pretend you do for a little bit and it'll all come together. This might sound really corny, but something I actually do, excuse me, sorry, I have like a cold. I sometimes just, I'm like, I got this, I got this. And I say it out loud, not always super loud, but sometimes like in my bathroom or whatever, I'm like, you got this, like you got this. Don't let, don't get inside your head, you have this. So maybe just some self-talk, like hype yourself up. Listen to some music that hypes you up. But um, whatever situation you got out of, just know that, you know, it's a hard thing to do to get out of certain situations. And I'm proud of you. A lot of people asked me uh, my thoughts on the challenge. So if you don't or if you haven't watched the challenge, if you don't want it to be spoiled, fast forward. <laughs> These past few seasons, I haven't been like the biggest fan of it. I feel like social media has really, really ruined the challenge for me. I somehow always come across spoilers on who won the season. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no matter who I unfollow, it doesn't matter. It just, it always happens. And it sucks because like Twitter will show you people you follow liking a tweet. And it's like, oh, so that's who wins next season. So that really bothers me. But I also, I don't know. I don't like Cara Maria and I don't like Polly. But this past reunion, I was, like, exhausted by how everyone was about them. I get Polly loves the attention. Polly wants to be Bananas, and he's not. I don't like Bananas at all. I will say that, like, I think Bananas is a disgusting person. There's a lot of allegations about him. If you watch old clips, like, I think now Bananas gets such a good edit, it's disgusting. But if you, there was, like, this big, big thread on Twitter, and... The girl's account actually got deleted because Bananas and MTV went after her because she kind of exposed who he is as a person or was as a person. I know people can grow. I don't think he's grown. Also, Sarah is one of my all-time favorites, so I can never get behind him taking the money. Her sending him into elimination is not the same as them getting to a final together and him taking the money. That doesn't make sense in my opinion. I'm trying to think like, so Sarah is one of my all-time favorite competitors. Emily Schroem is also one of my all-time favorites. Landon and Durrell are two of my guy favorites. Obviously, I love CT. Katie Doyle, I thought she was hysterical. Like, she was one of my favorites. Jemmy was always one of my favorites. Jordan, as much as I hate him, he's a great competitor. Like, Jordan's one of the people, I know people love to hate bananas. I love to hate Jordan. He's so easy to dislike, but he can pull his own. So it's kind of like, I get it. (laughs) I will say this past season made me like Leroy better. I know everyone loves Leroy, but to me, I'm always like, you're just like bananas hype man. Like you don't really, but this season he did great. I know next season Cara Maria and Polly are not on it. So I am interested to see how that goes. I've read it's going to be like another war of the worlds and it's kind of like, ugh. It's funny, I've been watching the show for a really long time. Like, since I can't remember watching reality TV, I've watched Real World, The Challenge, Road Rules, all those. And I want to see like another rival season. And I get MTV doesn't really have the pool it used to because it doesn't have Real World anymore. It doesn't have Road Rules. They have like Florida, Bama Shore, Jersey Shore. No one from Jersey Shore is going to go on the challenge the hills. No one from the hills is going to go on the challenge. Even though Spencer said he wanted to go on the challenge, I was like, I would die to see Spencer Pratt on the challenge. But anyway, I get why they have to pull from other shows. I think they did it a little too quick, in my opinion. But we'll see how this upcoming season goes. Last season was good. I just feel like the seasons are so long now. I don't even know if they are still the same length. But like, it does drive me crazy how Bananas was on the reunion, but he only lasted till like week two. I don't know. To me, it's just like MTV, we get it. You love him. All right, I'm exhausted now. <laughs> I just started watching Floribama Shore last season, I think. It was the episode where Courtney made out with like the old woman at the bar. Courtney scares the shit out of me. I just want to make that clear. Courtney on Floribama Shore is one of the scariest people I think I've ever seen on reality TV. There's just something so unhinged about her. Please don't tell her I said that. Like I said, I'm genuinely afraid of her. But this last episode, it was Jeremiah versus Gus. And to me, Gus has so many deep-rooted issues. Like, he acts like this tough guy. And I'm like, dude, you look like you could be in O-Town. Like, chill out. He never takes accountability for anything he does either, which... I I can't stand people who do that. That is one thing I will say. I've always been able to be accountable for things I've done. If I've done something bad, yes, I've done it. And then we move on from it. Then we try and work our way through it. But like Jeremiah flipped out. His roid rage was out of control. But the thing is with Jeremiah, like I do understand where he was coming from. I think he was trying to get the new guy to or the the random guy Nilsa brought home to like calm down. And then Gus is like, if you go out there, you're not my boy anymore. And Jeremiah was kind of like, dude, you do this all the time. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, but Jeremiah went a little insane, a lot insane. And Gus is like, I could kill him. I'm like, dude, Jeremiah would wreck you. Jeremiah is like two of you. But I guess I forget that Gus is only 23 or 24. So he has a lot of learning to do. He should definitely go to therapy. Gus, if you're listening, please go to therapy for everybody. Because like... At the end of the episode, he's like, I'll take his girl, too. It's like, dude, chill out. Like women aren't pieces of meat and property that you can just like own. I don't know. Like that really grossed me out about him. And again, he posted he was like all over Twitter being like, not my fault. Not my fault. Not my fault. It's like, yeah, it's a little bit your fault. I will say I love Amy and Nilsa. They crack me up. I love Candace. Kodai is really funny. Kirk is like not necessary. Courtney scares the shit out of me. Like I said, I know Maddie from The Challenge is gonna be on the next episode. And Maddie from The Challenge was allegedly hooking up with Stone, which is like very Cavallari, MTV, Tangled Web We Weave. And also I don't know why anyone wanna hook up with Stone. I can't wait to see Britney without Stone. I'm just gonna throw that out there right now. About three people asked about the Camila Cabello racism situation. And I mean, I do think people can change. I do think that sometimes when you're younger, you don't understand the weight of certain words. I think what's shady about it is that she like deleted all the posts and then when asked about it, acted like she didn't do it. So I think that that's like the shadier part. And then I read other things saying she called Normani the N-word during an actual Fifth Harmony show. I haven't seen video footage of it or anything, but like Fifth Harmony fans were tweeting that. And I was like, that is insane. I think as you grow up, you learn that certain words aren't okay. And and when you're in the public eye, things from the past will be brought up and you just have to like pray that you've learned from it, I guess. But I do think certain words, (laughs) I don't know, like I used to say certain words that my friend that I grew up and realized that like, oh, that's not okay to describe someone as that, if that makes sense. But I knew that the, you know, the N-word was not okay to say. I knew never to say that word, never to type that word, never to whatever. So that's where I'm, I kind of fall on the line where it's like, even if you're trying to be funny, it's not okay. <laughs> I I understand people can learn from their mistakes though. And this is me like, I don't know, I'm not trying to defend her because like I said, that word that she was saying is so terrible and you're taught that from like a very young age. That's why when Justin Bieber's video came out where he was saying the N word like over and over and over again, I'm like, he's like 14 or 15. He knows that's not OK. I just I hope that she learned from it. But I think one thing about her and why she made that apology is because her tour is not selling. She is not a main act. She's an opening act still. She only has two albums out and she's trying to sell big arenas on her own. She can't do that. She's not a big enough name yet. Even like Kelsey Ballerini, who has a decent-sized name in country music, she does small arena tours – but she's not selling out Bridgestone yet. It's kind of like, Camilla, you opened up for Taylor Swift. And we know you're doing your fake Sean Mendez relationship. But that doesn't give you credit to sell out a huge arena. So I do think that's kind of why she apologized as well because of that. Like I said, people can grow and change. It's just kind of like shady because it was brought up a year or two ago about this racism stuff. And it was just kind of swept under the rug. But yeah, I do think there are certain words that you just don't say and you shouldn't ever rep- like you just shouldn't say them like that's simple. Somebody asked me what the biggest pop culture shockers of the year. Um, I have to say the college admissions scandal was probably one of the biggest shockers in my opinion, again, because I thought that's what rich people did. <laughs> but I didn't expect anyone to go to court. I didn't expect any of that. I um, Jeffrey Epstein was definitely a big shocker. The fact that no one is talking about the fact that he was like linked to anyone. I mean, the Clintons, everyone's like, oh, the Clintons killed him, blah, blah, blah. He was connected to a lot more than just the Clintons. Let's put it that way. And he was a pedophile. He was a disgusting human. So that means there are pedophiles in higher ranks doing disgusting stuff. But people don't want to talk about that. They just want to make memes about how he didn't kill himself. Sorry, that's my little angry side coming out. Tristan and Jordan was probably one of the biggest scandals out there for a while, I think. And now Chloe's apparently back with him. I don't really follow the Kardashians, as I've said before. I don't care for them. So I try and I don't really like follow them closely. But I was really involved with that one. And I'm also involved with the cult that Kanye West is putting together because I don't care what anybody says. He's trying to put together a cult. The money that he's going to make from this cult is crazy. We all know that. But he has like this thing in Wyoming, like a compound. And he was trying to make like amphitheaters and churches. And like the state of Wyoming was like, no, Kanye, you calm down. And then, of course, the Scooter Braun, Taylor Swift saga. That's been really big. It's been huge for pop culture and music industry and all of that. Trying to think like what else? Um, It's kind of what I got. That's kind of. It's kind of all I could think of because somebody did ask for the decade, but there's so many like, I didn't want to dive into all of that for the whole decade. That would that would take a lot out of me. But yeah, I'd say those ones, the ones that I just listed, Kate Beckinsale and Pete Davidson. I don't know if that was like a big scandal, but that was very odd to me. You know what? I'm just going to say Pete Davidson in general. I feel like you couldn't get away from Pete Davidson at all. He was all over the place. That was kind of unexpected. And that is all I got for you this week. That is it. I hope you guys have an awesome Christmas. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tell someone at a Christmas party to follow the page. If you have a moment, if you have a moment, please review the podcast. Give me a rating. And I am gonna, well, there's no, there's maybe no... (laughs) new podcast next week, but you might get a surprise podcast about something you guys have been asking for. And I'm going to leave it like that. I hope you have an awesome Christmas, awesome holiday season. And I will talk to you next year. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because there might be something before next year.